0: today on the bill kelly show on AM 900 CHML
1: uh, with the rise of helicopter parenting should we just allow kids to be kids I, I read a number of different uh magazine articles and online uh reports over the last couple of days about kids behavior and and um uh, both pro and con about the way that we tend to manage our kids lives these days and and a lot of parents i think are are doing this and uh one in particular that said, you know, in sight they just looked after it and said, realize my, my kid's not even allowed to be a kid. One night they've got soccer, and then there's another thing going on the other night, and then there's a computer class, and on and on and on. In other words, we're managing their lives, and there's a concern in many circles right now that kids just aren't allowed to be kids. They're not allowed to do the sorts of things that kids probably need to do uh, in a learning experience I want to bring Theo Sellison to the conversation, a registered family therapist, of course, and the uh, president of Integrity Works. Uh, uh, always a pleasure ha- to have Theo on the program. Theo, first of all, thanks so much for the time. It's good to have you with us today.
0: You're welcome. It's a pleasure. How are you, Bill?
1: I'm doing well, thanks. I appreciate you asking. Uh, you've finished your marking, I, I assume, so you're, you I seem understand. in better spirits today.
0: I'm in the midst of it. I think I've just resolved that this is a journey that I'm on, and I'm just going to fuck it up and stop being so miserable. But it's like Christmas is coming, and I always get excited around Christmas.
1: Well, exactly. And we'll talk about that in a future program, I'm sure. What, what yeah. about this idea that I've heard from some parents that, hey, maybe maybe we're being too parental sometimes and, and, and trying too hard to manage our kids' lives?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I don't know about people in general. I'm not smart enough to talk with society and whether society has moved over to helicopter parenting and all that. But I do see a lot of my, the families that I meet with really stressed out, and, um, and they're just, every aspect, every moment of their lives is scripted and scheduled. There just doesn't seem to be uh, kind of a relaxed moment where people can kind of chill out and just hang out and find something to do, like on the spur of the moment. Like you said, you know, people are like, everyone's got to be in a program, some sort of thing. Like if it's not a, you know, some sort of practice, musical practice instrument, Piano, or it's off to hockey, or it's soccer, or it's ballet, or whatever. And you know, parents are really busy and rushed. Everyone's running around and running to appointments rather than just being able to just chill out as a family and hang out with each other. I, I see that a lot. People are people are really, you know, really stressed out about this.
1: Are kids the worse because of that?
0: I think so. I, I think uh, I think they're worse in terms of the relationships they're able to have with each other. They just don't seem to know how to function well with each other as a group in terms of a family unit. They're kind of locked into their own little separate lives, you know, like, so there's like a lot of conflict when they kind of get together, you know, because there's still supposed to be rules in the house, but there isn't that same connection, that same playfulness, the same kind of like, you know, this is who we are, this is how we get along with each other, this is we kind of know each other, we're kind of more in tune with each other's sort of feelings, be able to anticipate each other a little bit more, this just I don't know, it just seems to be causing a lot of friction. And you know, people are always fighting with kids to get get on time, get to the place on time, get ready on time, do their homework on time. And so parenting just seems to be coming this ongoing um uh, maintaining schedules. It's almost like you're an office manager or something like that, running a show as opposed to, you know, a group of people who are just kind of, you know, doing what they need to do but still spending time and just kinda of hanging out and doing whatever.
1: Do we get overprotective as parents sometimes? And I'm talking from a societal standpoint because, uh, you know, we're, we're concerned. We You know, we walk our kids to school. And I'm, I don't want to say, hey, back in the old days, but, I mean, you know, I, I walked to school by myself when I was a kid. I mean, all through grade school, uh, usually a group of three or four of us. But, I mean, we seem to be so concerned about what might happen. Uh, I, I know one parent I was talking to, a mother I was talking to a, a couple of months ago on a similar topic like this, Theo, and uh his uh, she was watching somebody climbing a tree and she says my my first reaction was oh my they my, they might fall instead of saying isn't that great how they're climbing that tree look at how well they're doing it in other words we're always wor- worried about the worst possible scenario
0: yeah i know it's true you know and i i i don't blame parents for wanting to protect their kids i think that's awesome i think it's you know it shows that you love them and you and you want to make sure that they're okay so i'll never question that um, but I think we live in a larger context of everything. Just is kind of like a possible legal consequence issue. I, I, I was, you know, down behind my place, little ways where my puppy and I we walk, and there's this great field, and uh, some kids had taken the initiative of building some ramps, you know, so they out in the field so they could kind of like run their bikes over them, and you know, so <laughs> we used to do all the time. So there's a field and a bunch of dirt. You got to make a ramp and fling yourself off it and see what happens, right? And uh, next day, there's this guy out there bulldozing it, and I stopped him. I said, you know, what's going on? He goes, well, we can't have that. I go, why not? It's kind of, well, you know, like some kid comes over here, they're going to hurt themselves, and then before you know it, we're liable. So everything's liable. It's almost like we're trying to take the risk out of, out of everything. You know, like we, we, we want to kind of create this protective environment where we want to make sure that, you know, no possible harm could happen, but in the end, we, we lose this kind of, you know, spirit. There's a spirit of adventure and a spirit of taking risks and learning from them and maybe being hurt a few times and kind of like sucking it up and going out there and doing it again. There's something lost in that whole protection.
1: Well, and and how does that hinder or help uh, future development then? I mean, if we don't... Because I can remember a challenge, and I wasn't a crazy kid. I mean, I didn't, you know, jump off buildings or anything like, well, maybe small ones. But, I mean, you know what I mean. Uh, we did things like that, and every now and then, yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd sprain or bruise or something like that. But, I mean, is that not really part of the learning experience? I think so. You know, I, I that, that's... I mean, how many times, here's another, how many times did parents say, don't touch the stove, it's hot? You know that at some <laughs> point when you're a kid, you touch the stove, you even though to you were told not stove. to because you wanted yeah. to see what it was like.
0: Right. You're warned to touch the stove, and then you need to touch the stove, and then you figure out that you shouldn't touch the stove, and maybe your parents know what's going on and they can kind of pay attention to what they have to say. That's just kind of the thing, right? So, you know, I, it's sort of like everything. And I, I guess, you know, it's hard to argue because it, it, there are people who get hurt, and who would, want, there who would want their kids to get hurt. I mean, how, I went skiing you know, the other, you know, the other, last winter I went skiing for the first time in like maybe a bunch, I maybe mean five years or something, Bill. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm right. Uh but I i looked around and I was the only person without a helmet. I'm still bombing around on my toque <laughs> I'm like, wait a second, what happened there? And again, maybe they're right, maybe it's more safe to wear a helmet, and maybe that's advisable. I don't want to discourage people from being safe. But man, I don't know. I just never used to be thinking all the time of all the possible things that could possibly go wrong. I just I don't know. It's just sort of a different mentality,
1: you know. Well, you know, my wife's a personal injury lawyer. Wear the helmet, Theo. For heaven's <laughs> sakes, wear the helmet. You see what helmet. I mean, Bill? <laughs> <I mean, Joe. laughs> well, but, but to your point, to use that same example, uh, there are some parents who would say, well, I don't want my kid to ski at all because they might fall, they might get hurt, they might twist their knee, they could do any number of things. I mean, I mean we sometimes, we, we, we want to envelop them in this parental bubble of safety and just say we don't want anything bad to happen, so therefore we're not going to let them do anything.
0: Yeah, I mean I don't I don't know how common that is. I mean you're going to get like the occasional parent who stands out for that, but I think I don't think that that's the majority. I think people still want to have their kids be involved. Doesn't change the fact though that we kids are are being less involved. I mean other than being in all these programs they are spending less and less time outside. And we do have the correlation of uh, childhood obesity rising. You know, there's people, kids are being less and less active all the time. There's more passive sort of sitting around looking down at devices and whatever being inside. I mean, I don't know. When I was growing up, you'd never see a pond in the wintertime. that didn't have it cleared and people skating. When's sure. the first time you've seen kids playing on a pond? Like, I was uh, walking around the other day uh, in the summertime. I was going to this uh, festival. And uh, I was with my a friend of mine. We're walking through these suburban streets, and there was not a single kid biking. Like, we didn't see a single kid biking or playing around outside in the yard. Like, it was like a ghost town. I mean, they're all somewhere, but it was a weekend. Mid-Saturday, we used to always see kids playing around. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt kids are being more sheltered than, than they were before. And it has an impact. Like, a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, I was hired to uh, teach – a leadership course for young kids, and these, this is a course that was designed to um, help people develop uh, like personal growth and self-awareness and be the kind of person who uh, you know, would be able to take on, run agencies and programs, maybe their own company. So it was like a personal development course slash leadership course. And so it was the winter it was It was a very small class. It was like this really cool kind of a group dynamic thing we could create. Well, I, first of all, I had to fight with them all the time to try to be with each other in a group setting without being on their cell phone. So you had to, like, learn about each other without looking down. But then I, I set them on this task early on in the course, and I said, okay, here's what you've got to do. And I warned them. I said, dress warmly because it's wintertime, so you have to come to class prepared. And they weren't living on campus. They were all living at home, so they had, you know, they had clothing required. And what you're going to do is you're going to go out for an hour. You can't be inside. You have to go out for an hour and wander around the campus, and you have to do two things – uh, one thing is you have to just find an object that you think represents something about you that you feel connection with, and you can bring it in or just take a picture of it because you've got the devices, and find another object that you just do think is interesting somehow and just come back and tell us what that was all about, why you think it was interesting, because maybe it reflects something about you as well. So I sent them all off outside, and it was cold. That was great. I picked a really cold day, because I wanted to see how they would respond to a challenge. And then, of course, I snuck around, and I followed them around, spying on them. <laughs> Five minutes did less than five minutes. Half of them snuck around a building, went into the cafeteria, <clears throat> so that ended it for them. Uh, the other ones left last about fifteen minutes before they went inside and complained about how cold it was and how bored they were and how they didn't have enough instruction. And the only person who finished it was a guy who was in a chair. His there was his mobility issues. He was in a chair, and he actually toured around and checked out different things and brought something back. And I just think about like this is this is the kind of people that we're creating. Like they just. Don't have that kind of curiosity, the resiliency. It was cool. Yeah, that's great. So suck it up. Get out there and uh, meet a challenge, you know. Come back and find something something out about yourself. Maybe feel like you accomplished something. just didn't happen. It just didn't understand the concept.
1: You you touched on the the word curiosity, which I I think is is an important part of this. Uh, And I was reading another article a little while ago, too, that, that suggested, and I want to get your opinion on this. They're suggesting that children have a sensory need to taste danger. Is that true?
0: Oh, you know what? I think they have a sensory need to um, to experience the world and learn about danger. I mean, I think we're 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 biologically evolutionary programmed um, to be curious. So I think curiosity uh, uh, is a required part of who we are because that's what helps us be able to learn what's safe and not safe. So kids need to smell, touch, taste. You know, they need to hear. They need to see. They need to involve all their senses at a very early age. Um, in order to learn about the world, and that's a natural kind of thing. And well, you, well you can't thought, do
1: that in front of a computer screen, though. Well,
0: that's that's what's so disturbing when I see kids, like little kids, like toddlers, being on little devices instead of, like, when they're being shop shopping. Uh, you know, they're like, in, they're riding around their carts looking down. They're not touching things, looking at things. They're told by the parents, don't touch anything. And so by the time I get them in university, they don't know how to be curious anymore. They don't have that kind of like they've been taught that, uh, you know, education is just being... Uh, something that you're supposed to know, memorize, and regurgitate. And that kind of natural inquisitiveness has kind of been sort of lost. And I have to teach them that all over again. I say say like there was a time in your life when you ate dirt just to see what it was like, and damn it, in my class you're going to learn how to eat dirt again. <laughs> it's a struggle.
1: What about, I want to bring this up, too, because I think it's very germane to the conversation here, uh, about letting kids fail every now and then. I don't mean necessarily scholastically, but I mean whatever, you know. Uh, We had a huge debate on the program a while ago about uh, a soccer league here that uh, that doesn't keep score, and I know you've heard those stories, Theo. Sure. And they say that's really bad for kids, I mean, because they just realize that there there are no consequences, and, and sometime in life you are going to fail. And at some point, as a child, you need to learn how to fail.
0: Yeah, and you know... And And how to handle it, it. And you know what, and it's just calling the question the nature of failure. You don't want kids who grew up afraid to make a mistake and thinking that if they made a mistake or they didn't get the result that they wanted, that that's a failure. So we don't want to remove that. We want to teach them that that's not actually a failure. That's just the consequence. If you didn't win, someone else did. That gives you an opportunity to learn from them and celebrate their success and admire them and then challenges you to see if you can do better next time. All these things are really great growth opportunities, and if you remove those kind of consequences from them, they don't have an opportunity to learn that you know that they they, they think that that if we remove failure from them they, they think that failure is a bad thing, and then they get this kind of like a skewed view of that 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 means that uh, they should maybe avoid failure at all costs. well we you know try to teach people that and this is a pretty common thing you know that that the only way to fail is by not trying something. It's not about making a mistake or not being successful or not getting the reward. That's not failure. Failure is when you don't even try in the first place. You never, you never try to accomplish something and learn from your mistakes and grow from them. That's the ultimate failure because then you're not living your life, right?
1: Well, I, I think of that quote from Thomas Edison. You know, when somebody, he was trying to, well, he's working on the light bulb, and, and somebody said, well, you, you failed 45 times. And he says, no, I have not. He says, I've learned 45 ways that don't work. Right? So I, he That's says, I've learned from that, and and if and if we don't allow, the, you know, that that evaluation process of uh, well, you won and you didn't win this time, uh, you're not going to learn that. I mean, that, it's it's really about learning, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's all about learning, and, and part of it also is about. Um, it's also kind of like about uh, developing creativity and using your imagination as well when you're encouraged when you're put in the situations uh, where you are provided with challenges. and Now you have to problem solve, right? So. I mean, I think back at my, my childhood, which wasn't any great shakes by any imagination, but one of the things that we were doing, we, we didn't spend time in the house. Like, at the beginning of the day, you're out of the house, and you came back for dinner, if you're lucky, kind of thing, you'd be on time for dinner. And we didn't have, like, all these, like, toys and gimmicks, like, things. We just, like, you had to go find some way of being amused, you know? <laughs> find What can you do with sticks and stones and... And the environment and dogs and whatever it is, find something. You have to find something and you have to encounter other people and form relationships and, and create impromptu games that you don't have the toys for, but you kind of like make up games, use imagination. And that's the other thing that gets lost by not putting in kids in situations where they are like in an unstructured environment, where there isn't like all these rules uh, and people monitoring it. They're just put in situations where they have to develop something themselves to entertain themselves and then sort out any issues that come along. And that's that's really great, uh, a great growth opportunity when they're able to be given that. So sometimes the more we give them, the less we actually have them, the less they end up getting, you know. I, I, even toys, like toys that make the noises for kids as opposed to letting kids make the noises themselves. as simple as that, you know. It's almost like we take away all that imagination and creativity from kids uh, as opposed to letting them kind of develop that themselves. And that's a real loss.
1: But if we live our lives in, in that kind of structure where you know we ourselves are structured as, as adults and we're doing it to our kids now too, like you say, with this lesson or that group or this club or whatever it might be, uh, and and then I, I talked to some of the families who do that, and of course they go on holidays. And what do they do? The first thing they do is, okay, we're going to well, you know, Florida or Disney World. Every day is structured. You have to do this, and they have to. It, it, what's that do to the to the stress level? It's got there has to be a cumulative effect, I would think.
0: Yeah, I think so. I I think that's that that is experienced as stressful for people to feel like they always have to be doing something that somehow is productive by some sort of measure that other people are watching. As opposed to just being able to relax and make something happen on their own, you know, I think, I think, I, I think it's just so important to, to give people opportunity to develop things without always having specific direction or monitoring. And again, I, I go back and I look at my classes now with my students, and you know, it's like it's so hard for them oftentimes to just be given a project and then. Find a way of being able to make it work they 're always looking for me to intervene they 've got some problem with their group members. they need me to come in and resolve it for them. They, they get stuck on a kind of like an issue or a, they need some sort of resolution instead of asking or problem solving it 's like I get another email saying, "Well, what do we do about this and how do we do that and can you explain this more and it 's like you know if we want people to have initiative and we want them to be leaders and we want them to be independent thinkers we can 't be monitoring them and structuring every moment of their lives all the time.
1: It's a, it's amazing. And again, I, I always, I'm a little hesitant to get into the conversation because I don't want to make it sound as if well things were better in the old days. But I just, I think it 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 fosters more creativity if you just let kids be kids sometimes. And there's nothing the matter with getting them involved in hockey or dance sure, or a science sure. club or something like that. But but to have it dominate their lives, uh, to just you have to be here, then do this, then go over to here, as opposed to just kind of hanging out. And 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 I think that helps. I mean, yeah, one. Social scientist was telling me he says, well the, you, nobody uses playgrounds anymore because he says they're too structured and and kids will actually rebel against that at some point and say that's not fun
0: yeah it's pretty boring actually when you when you kind of think about it i don't know I, 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 we don't want to be putting down parents because I think a lot of parents are just doing a great job in doing sure,
1: that. sure absolutely pretty,
0: you know there there's nothing wrong like you said with like getting your kids involved in activities, but make time at home for just impromptu activities like go in the backyard and just don't have to structure something. See if you can develop a game. Like, I I, I invite my family, my, my family to come to see me. I say, okay, just go out and see if you can come up with a game on your own. Just, like, hang out with each other and come up with something that you can just play enjoy yourself, enjoy your company, without having it be some other place or going to some place or using the device. Just see if you can be with each other and get to know each other and play. Like, you know... I, Right, it's important for adults to not have lost that kind of playfulness either. If you want to relate to kids, if you want a good relationship with kids, you can't always be the rule enforcer. You can't always be the disciplinarian. You can't always be the office manager. If you want kids to relate to you and connect with you, you need to know how to play yourself. Like Be playful, have some fun, and relax, and enjoy your kids. Spend time with them on their level. Hang out in the ground with them, roll around, wrestle, whatever you need to do. Don't lose that kind of playfulness that kids really need to have and really need to share with their parents.
1: Theo Sellis, of course, from uh, Integrity Works. Theo, thanks, as always, for the time. Great talking today. You're welcome. Take care, Bill. You too, Theo.
0: Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play
1: and listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.